Welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully. This is a podcast to elevate teacher voice. In this program, you will hear teachers sharing their journey into this profession and their ideas for education. This is about honest, vulnerable, inspiring storytelling. It's a time and a space for teachers to share their ideas for the future of education. Teachers are beautiful beings who give their heart and soul to their community. They're innovators. They're inspirational, not only to children, but to the people around them and they deserve to share their voice. So welcome to The Teacher's Story. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to The Teacher's Story. I'm Jackie Scully, and today we have Elizabeth Peterson with us, and I'm very excited because she is a social-emotional learning expert with lots (laughs) of experience. Um, She has an uh, arts integration specialist with degrees in education, music, arts, leadership, and learning. She's in her 23rd year of teaching and 15th year hosting workshops and retreats and online courses, uh, focusing on social emotional learning. And she has her program called the Inspired Classroom. Um, I will be talking about more of her work towards the end and sharing her information in the show notes. So thank you, Elizabeth, for being on the show today. Yay, Jackie. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you and, and get to know you more. (laughs) Great. So what was your inspiration to get into education? Well, I was one of the very fortunate ones who just knew what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to teach. And I had a couple of diversions there for a little bit. I wanted to be a car mechanic when I was in middle school. And then I wanted to be an engineer there in early high school. But, you know, I just remember when I was in elementary school, um, looking up to my teachers, I thought they were pretty cool. And um, going home and teaching my stuffed animals. Ah. You know, I was a super nerd who asked for a blackboard for Christmas and loved playing with the chalk. And I would teach my stuffed animals lyrics um, to shout by Tears for Fears. I remember that distinctly. <laughs> and wow. I just, you know, I, I just it. knew I really um, I wanted to teach. And uh, and I got a little taste, an actual taste of it when I was in high school. I was part of like a a group that would go into the elementary schools and teach about, you know, drug and alcohol prevention and that kind of thing. And I was fortunate again to be able to go into my old um, uh, elementary school and, you know, and and visit my classroom of the teachers that I really looked up to. And so it just, you know, it just solidified it for me that I knew this was this was the direction where I where I really wanted to go. That's so funny because a lot of times when I have guests on, they um, don't have such a similar experience as me. Like literally (laughs) what you just explained is my early childhood. Most guests are like, oh, it just like did not think about it or it came to me like later in life. But I did the same thing. I had a chalkboard in my basement (laughs) and I was an only child until about almost eight years old. So I don't know if that was like the same for you. If you're I am also an only child. (laughs) So, you know, I had a brother later on, but for most of my, you know, younger childhood, I was on my own. And Mm -hmm. so I did the whole thing with the stuffed animals and dolls. And I had my chalkboard. I loved chalk and I would just teach lessons. And then, um, I didn't have that experience as a high school student to work with elementary school students in that way. And that's really neat. And especially to see Mm. the, the teachers you had and then, be there as a mentor to those students but I did camp counseling and I worked with like the elementary school age group and that's um kind of something I originally was wanting to get into and then I kind of went into secondary as I knew I 
loved like social sciences and really wanted to hone, you know, my craft in that. But that's so funny. Like that's it's so very cool. similar. Yeah. Um, what was some of your early teaching experiences like? If you want to go back to the very beginning or kind of yeah. like the earlier part, because I think there's always like fun stories yeah, or lessons or just <laughs> obviously challenges when you're a new teacher, but anything that kind of like oh, yeah. pops out to you. Well, all right. So there's a couple things. So I remember my first um, long-term sub job. So it was before I got my actual job, which happened to end up being in the same school, but it was a fifth grade and it was in the springtime. And uh, I, I remember being in the um, interview with the principal and he said, okay, so I know you you know, I know you like fifth grade. That's my, my absolute favorite grade. Um, he said, um, but you know that we're just getting into the sex ed part of it, right? Like when yeah. we divide the kids that. and yep. you're gonna, you know, you'll have to be, you know, part of that. And I went, oh my God, that sounds like so much fun. And I, really <laughs> enjoyed, I really enjoyed it because, you know, the boys left the room and the girls stayed in and we just started chit-chatting about all kinds of stuff. And then they yeah. flip-flopped and I thought, oh, this is, this is great. I, <laughs> I love this. Oh my gosh. Um, but then my very first um, actual job was in second grade. And um, I was there for two years and I actually joke, I kind of like joke about it with some of my colleagues nowadays, because when we reminisce about how it was teaching over 20 years ago, like mm -hmm. I could tell my second graders, seven-year-olds to do a writing assignment. They would go to their seats, they would write, <laughs> and I could actually go to my desk and correct the papers like from the day before. Mm. And, you know, maybe a kid would raise their hand and I'd call them over and we'd talk about whatever that kid was was writing about. But it was just so different mm. <laughs> than if I ask my, I, I currently teach um, third grade. I've had a lot, of, a number of years in fourth grade, been kind of looping uh, the last few years or so. And um, you just can't do that now. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, and it's beyond, you know, I, I, I grew to learn, you know, okay, walk around and engage with the students as they're working and, and that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that those days of like a student sitting mm -hmm. <laughs> doing their work, um, until it's completed, it's just kind of their um, attention a, a thing yeah. of the past. <laughs> yeah. So I, yes. I, I've seen that even in high school, but now I'm curious to ask about like the differences from the beginning to now. Yeah. Um, cause they're so young and like second, third, you know, grade, I'm sure even at that age, they are already on like phones and tablets. So do you think a lot of it has mm -hmm. to do with like constantly being on devices where their attention span is maybe really short? Like, is it, you have to redirect a lot, like in the classroom now that then before you said that they could kind of work independently for a period of time? Yeah. Well, I, I absolutely think that the introduction to devices and, and phones and just the mm -hmm. attention span on regular TV, which they're not even, you know, they're not watching that they're watching yeah. all kinds of shows like this immediate satisfaction of what you can get in the palm of your hand absolutely yeah. contributes to that. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, even um, I remember very recently, um, student, I've asked students to write a story just kind of like for fun, just to kind of take a little break and just have them write a story for fun. I gave them a quick little um, image prompt and a number of the kids wrote the story in like um, just talking back and forth. And all I could think of was 
how many of my students now love to uh, read graphic novels and there's no, there's no like, I don't want to say substance, but there's no like prose. It's all, mm. <laughs> it's all like uh, speech bubbles and this, you know, and that. And so there's like a little bit of a, um, a change in how some of the students are writing when mm. they, when I just ask them to write a, a quick little story. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting. <laughs> Everything's been scaled down to bites. Like I feel yeah. like you can go from what you're talking about with like graphic novels and how to engage like readers today to, I was even just having a conversation about like just podcasting in general. I went to like a podcaster mixer. It was really fun. And I we were talking about like, are you on YouTube? Do you do this and that? And I was, you know, what's really like um, going right now is the YouTube shorts because it's competing with TikTok. It's competing with Instagram reels. Yep. Everything is about narrowing it down. And they even say like with podcasting, like, you know, if you're able to keep it really condensed and short until you really get a following of listeners, and then maybe you can extend your stories. But I'm like, I'm here to tell a story. Like I can't (laughs) do this in like two minutes or five minutes or whatever, you know, if you got to be like, I'm keeping to my authentic mission and self, but it's all about grab attention, keep it for a second, move on to the next thing. Mm. And I worry just to people in general, but especially looking at childhood development, like what is that going to do to our brains over time? Like, how are we able mm. to actually then sit and have a real deep conversation with someone? Like, how mm. do we actually then engage with people and have a real human connection? What does that do later down the road with having relationships, having really good friendships? And this will mm-hmm. get into later on you talking about social emotional learning, like yeah being able to have partnerships and collaboration where it takes time, it takes meaning, like you got to work through things. Also like how you dissect information because everything now is again, quick news on Twitter, sound bites, all of that. And people are very reactive because they don't want to spend the time to maybe click to an article or something, or maybe read an article that counters information or go fact checking. Like the attention span is so small. So do you think- Yeah. There's anything that you are seeing since this is probably now a known issue in schools that what do we do to maybe like help (laughs) kids with their attention span? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know that I have the answers, but I I will say that, you know, just in my work with giving students artistic experiences in the classroom, I think that that can actually help. Because, and, 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 you know, sometimes you have to be, you know, so I have this thing called SEAL, Social Emotional Artistic Learning. And one of the things, one of the foundations of it is that you really need to be explicit with how, you know, why you're doing things the way you might be doing it and how you might be um, teaching a student how you might be teaching it. And so <clears throat> I find this even, you know, like even just this week in school, you know, it's uh, right before the holidays. Yeah. We might be doing some like coloring pages or, you know, just count- something fun. <laughs> and I have students that can't finish a coloring page. Wow. And <laughs> it's like, and I will turn them around and I'll say, no, no, no. 
you need to actually work on this. This is working on your fine motor skills. This yeah. is working on your attention span. This is working on your focus. I didn't just give you this coloring page because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want you to have a break from the world. I want you to be able to have a little yeah. break, but I also want you to work on these important skills. And so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I really do believe that um, uh, we have the opportunity as teachers to kind of um, explain that to the students mm -hmm. at any level, middle school, high school, to say, you know, you know, your your attention span should be longer. You should be able to have a good conversation with a student. Um, and if we need to practice that in here, let's practice mm -hmm. that in here. Mm -hmm. You know, you should be able to see a project through fruition. And then at the end, give yourself an opportunity to reflect on it because mm -hmm. that is when you're going to really come up with some good quality and, you know, you're, that's going to lead to better success for you down the road. Um, so, you know, while I, I don't, don't have the answers in mm -hmm. society in our little yeah. classroom bubbles, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can do our little part to try and help students with, with that kind of thing. Yeah, because I, I think we can at least feel like we have agency in our classrooms when we see this as a whole big societal problem. But I've even done a little bit of that intentional like um, conversation. I mean, mm -hmm. again, you're talking to younger students, but even high school students need this yeah. kind of conversation. Oh, and yeah. I started doing these thinking journals. I found all of these composition books, like piles of them in this closet. We have like a supply closet where you can like get markers and things for the classroom and nobody really uses composition books anymore. Yeah, They were like the, the thin ones that you used to like write in for like test taking. Mm -hmm. um, and I try to get the non-blue books because blue books are like, I'm taking a test. <laughs> I found like a tan colored one. No one was using them. I'm like, all right, I'm going to grab one for each student that I have. And once a week, sometimes it's once every other week, depending on our schedule, um, at the end of the week, I tried to say, okay, we're going to do like half hour, just like a long period of time wow. with the thinking <laughs> journal. And part of it is writing and part of it's also discussing. So like, let's write for like 10 minutes, maybe pause. And then we'll go into like partner, share group discussion, and then out to the class. Sometimes I, if I have the time, I'll go around and have each student share something. But I talked to them at the beginning of the year saying, we're going to do this and not be on the smart board, not be on devices, not be on the mm -hmm. computer, like just a half hour mm -hmm. out of the week of a classes, <laughs> we will just do this. And I think we can do it. And yeah. some of them really look forward to it. And I noticed by the time we were running into getting ready for the holidays and the end of, you know, getting ready for winter break, I did it like on one of the last days and they were already like, can I just be on my phone? Like, I just want to be done. And yeah. so like, I'm like, all right, let's just do this for 10 minutes and try to have a little bit of a conversation. But yes, then you can do it because they were just like ready for school to end. So I'll see how long it lasts, but you have to be like really intentional about it and have those conversations with them. Yeah. And, and yeah. consistency. That's another yeah. thing that I stress with all yeah. my SEAL teachers is just make sure that even if it, even if it flops <laughs> the first, I don't know, five times yeah. being consistent, because you know that that 
that journaling is going to be so beneficial for the students. It's like a, it's like a grounding thing yeah. for them, you know, yeah. instead of like, um, you can almost, it, it may not look like it when you're looking at the, you know, the body language of someone who's on their phone, but it's kind of just a little bit more spastic. Yeah. And so yeah. being able to put the pencil to paper can be very grounding and, and having those conversations and taking a moment to listen to others. Yeah. I yeah. know. Big skills. So I feel like a lot of this too, and the work that you're doing um, has really been important during the pandemic. So if you want to share a little bit about how the pandemic, being a teacher, maybe the work you're doing in social emotional learning and the workshops mm -hmm. you do for other teachers, um, anything you want to share about kind of from 2020 to now, like what your takeaways are from this time. Sure. So I was one of the few teachers in my district, actually, that ended up teaching from my home the entire year of um, oh, wow. that school year. Wow. And I had, um, I had two to three different like class makeups during the year because of how things changed and shifted. And so, um, but what, but what I thought was so cool was that even though, um, you know, my classroom, like the like on a zoom, you know, all the different faces on my, on my screen, even though those faces like did a complete turnaround a couple of times during that year, I really felt connected to them. Mm. And, and I thought that was so fascinating because, um, we, we had our faces, um, face to face. And of course I was teaching, um, third grade and then they switched me to second grade half partway through the year. Um, so they were pretty okay with, um, having their screens, uh, their cameras on, which I yeah. know was not the case for so many, um, <laughs> teachers, especially yeah. in high school and probably middle school too. Um, but having their faces there and doing, and doing some of the SEL and SEAL activities that I would face to face, I was quite pleased with how I could, I was able to translate mm -hmm. some of those experiences, even on the screen, um, to what we were doing uh, when we were on our screens together. So I thought that was really, really neat, you know, being able to create visual art and actually ha have time together, you know. We could kind of watch each other work <laughs> mm -hmm. and, yeah. and do do some creation, do some writing, and then share. Um, we did do some journaling. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I put some of my uh, student check ins online, whether it was in the chat or like in a Google form. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I guess my my biggest takeaway, uh, and this will sound pretty it'll sound pretty run of the mill because I'm sure a lot of people felt this and, mm -hmm. and maybe we're sick of hearing it now, but yeah, the whole idea of connection and building relationships yeah. and it's being um, really kind of like forced down our throats now about this whole idea of, well, building relationships. So yeah, important. Yeah. yeah. We all know that, but it really is. <laughs> and like, how do you do it? Well, right. Yeah. Like then it's yeah. the actual strategy. So do you so want to go true. into like some of the uh, type of workshops or lessons that you do with your students, or it could be something that you did in the pandemic or just something in general? Yeah. So one of my favorite, actually, this is a, this is a teacher favorite uh, of um, that comes out of SEAL and it's a great connection maker, uh, not just between uh, the teacher and the students, but among the students themselves. And it's called Friendly Friday. 
And uh, for me, as an elementary teacher, it came out of like, you know, Friday afternoons being crazy and just like, you know, nothing was working. Uh, Silent reading wasn't working. Me reading aloud to the students wasn't really working. Having them do free draw at the end of the day, that wasn't working. And so I came up with this Friendly Friday idea, which gave some purpose to what Mm. the students were, were doing at the end of a Friday afternoon. And so basically what it is, is um, the students will get the name of another classmate and then they secretly take that name and then they take, you know, maybe some um, predetermined materials. Like my go-to is like a, an index card, making mm-hmm. it really simple. Mm-hmm. Take an index card or maybe you know, ask them to, to go into the recycling bin and see what they can find or whatever it is, and then make something for that student. And oh. then at the very end of the day, we give give it out to the other students and in they the classroom. Do, do they know who it is or no is they, they don't do, it's anonymous they don't know yeah. until no until until they are given it and then they know who it was yeah um that made it for them and you know we go through like you know messaging and what mm-hmm. is a friendly message and how can you make something that will actually make that person smile and and end their week really nice oh i love that yeah it's it's such a nice thing to do and um you know i work with teachers pre-k through 12 Mm -hmm. and um even beyond i have some teachers that work with adults and and Mm -hmm. things like that and um there's always great modifications and adaptations Mm -hmm. that you can do you know whether you see your students every day like i do or you see them once a week there's we go we go into some real great ideas of modifying it so Mm -hmm. that it can work for all teachers because it's such um such a nice thing for students to experience Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a a way to really build community in the sense that everyone matters. And it's not just mm. like do something nice for someone that's your friend, but like we are all in this community together, experiencing this learning, you know, time together. So to do something for someone maybe you normally wouldn't, mm-hmm. it just like also feels really special. So I don't know yes. if you have an idea on the top of your head and maybe I'm just picking your brain so I Uh-oh. could bring something back to school. <laughs> I yes. teach 11th and 12th grade and we have an advisory program Ooh. and we meet once a week on Mondays. So we actually start the week. Sometimes we will be with them on a Friday, like if we don't have anything for the assembly period, but um, any like fun activities or lessons for maybe that age group. Yeah. 11th to 12th grade. So kind of going along the friendly Friday idea. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the first thing you have to remember is don't let the name fool you. It doesn't have, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be on a Friday, right? Yeah, it can be, any, right. even I sometimes don't do it on a Friday. I'll do it on a different day, whatever works for us. Um, but <clears throat> yeah. So if you see, you know, your students for a short amount of time on one day, mm-hmm. what a great way to connect them. Uh, and and build their community because they're probably doing um, together like the whole year, I'm mm-hmm, assuming, mm-hmm. or maybe oh, even yeah. all four years. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're they're with each other for a whole year, mm-hmm. and the same grade of so I have 11th and 12th graders in an advisory, and cool. so the 12th graders now I've had them since 11th grade, so they've known each other for gotcha. two years, and they've known me for two years, and then we get new juniors in and it just keeps going like that. Yeah. So uh, something quick, like, you know, if you wanted to do the exchange thing where they're picking, they're literally like picking names out of a hat, you could yeah. do that and just have it, have them do a, a post-it message, mm. you know? Yeah. Excuse me. And, and I do should say like, you know, the first couple of times I do like to collect what yeah. you're, 
so you know what's on there. Double check it. You never know. Someone being funny. Yeah, especially teenagers. Yeah, exactly. But even like I've had students write something and and it's just unintentionally like that person might not take it the right way Mm. or we need to reword this so that it sounds right. You know, so so you are actually training and guiding the students to to write a a nice friendly message um and you know have examples on the board yeah even even for older kids I think that that's important because they might you know sit there at a blank post-it note and go what I don't know but you can also do like um a jar like have them write friendly messages and then put them in a jar and then it's not necessarily for a specific person which could be kind of weird and awkward at first Mm -hmm. for you know older kids that don't may or may not really know each other and then they can just pick it out and then it is kind of like an anonymous type of thing or they could sign their name to it and then it kind of gives them that um it it is nice when they sign their name to it because then it gives them that like oh I didn't even know that person was in here or, oh, that's that person's name, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, Because I think a lot of kids can get lost. I like that idea. When they move to the yeah. big high school. They do. <laughs> yes. I think this is great for like even the beginning of the year when you're getting like some new juniors into that group. Yeah. And so maybe they could be the seniors. I kind of like let them lead the way, but if they don't know each other yet, like maybe writing on those post-it notes, like, what do you really appreciate about this advisory? And like, Mm. what do you want to build this year with like these new students coming in? And then like later have that, okay, okay, now let's write, now they've gotten to know each other. Let's write messages to each other. I did something recently that was one of our, we have this like menu of activities and we just, I thought leading into the holidays, because we do like heavier lessons too. Mm. So eventually I want to get into like building civil discourse and how do we have conversations with like polarized views and and whatnot because they are older and Mm. that's something we're trying to really practice at school but leading into the holidays I wanted to keep it more about community and so we did a speed dating round and (laughs) so they had to pair up with you know a different advise advisee and uh, I have nine this year usually I have 10 so like I was part of it too so someone had to pair up with me and I said, you could ask any questions, obviously appropriate questions, nothing that's going to be so personal that someone's like, I don't even know how to answer that. So keep oh it kind of light. So maybe like, what's your favorite tradition over the holidays? Or like, what's your favorite thing to eat or, you know, uh, travel location or whatever. Um, and then they had like a minute and they had, so they had to really think quick and like answer it. So there was no like stalling or like, I don't know. And so, <laughs> and they both had to answer and they came up with the questions. Um, and then they had to move to like the next one. So someone uh-huh. stayed stationary and then like the other person like moved around so that they got to each person. And that was, that was fun. They really kind of got into that and liked that. And it gave everyone an opportunity to talk to each other. Yeah. And normally it might not be like that, but I like this, like kind of shout out to each other too, on like mm-hmm. maybe like a kind of a regular basis. I think having this home base of advisory and giving shout outs to each other can really build confidence. Um, yeah. and a place where you, you feel you belong somewhere. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like the whole point, right? It is. Yeah. And, and you know what, uh, I'll, um, I'll tag you on that word belonging because mm. that really, you know, there's a whole, you know, the build relationships, the yep. connection, but it really is about making sure that students feel that belonging at least in one place. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that can really make or break it a is. kid. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, that is something we're really trying to tap in and make sure we are really paying attention to our kids. It's harder to do in bigger schools. Like I went to a very big high school. Now I'm at a very small school. Um, And 
I can say I know every single one of my students, like maybe not the ins and outs of them, but like I know them and I know what sports teams they're on. I know what other extracurriculars are part of. Um, but when you have like a, a teacher who has like 150 students and, you know, maybe they don't have an advisory program. Like I didn't have that when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. When I taught in public school, I never was in a program like that. It's very easy for kids to feel like they're just a number and they can fall through the cracks and like, don't feel that sense of belonging. So kind of like going into the last part I was talking about, like, how can we improve education and what do you see for the future, especially coming out of this pandemic time, maybe with the work you're doing, maybe also looking at like how schools can change or even like how teacher respect can change because we're seeing a lot of teachers (laughs) leaving the field. Oh yeah. Um, And I think a sense of belonging, even for faculty, it's not just Mm -hmm. students, but I think Mm -hmm. like we got to take care of our teachers, our faculty as well. So any ideas you'd like to share for the future? Well, gee, that was, that was loaded. You got a lot of stuff going on in there. And, and, you know, I wanted to say, because you were talking about being that advisor teacher for the two years, you know, when I was teaching middle school music, um, I taught general music. So some kids I saw two years and I also was able to like coach basketball there and I did chorus. So some of the students I was able to work with for three solid years and, Mm. and it gave me a different, um, a role, a different role in the school and also a different perspective. Um, not just me looking at the students in a different perspective because I was teaching music, but the students saw me as a different type of teacher. Right. And that allowed me to kind of, um, approach, certain kids in a different way. And I think that, you know, we can't underestimate anyone Mm. in a school, whether, you know, regardless of their role in the school, whether it's teacher, custodian, Mm -hmm. secretary, um, Mm -hmm. school counselor, just like everybody has such a, 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 an opportunity Mm -hmm. to be that person for a student. And you just never know who's going to click with who. (laughs) So so I think it's so important for people to, you know, or administrators and, and even, you know, colleagues to just remember that. Mm -hmm. Um, I know uh, I'm fortunate to work in a place where I think that is acknowledged and um, seen, which is amazing, but I know there are other places where it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what's happening in education right now? Yeah. Kids, needs are increasing <laughs> they are they are for sure yeah i mean yes. like academic obviously mm-hmm. um uh as a third grade teacher this year um this particular grade across the country has been one of the most hard hit oh, in terms wow. of academics yeah. and and emotional mm-hmm. um and so that's been a huge challenge because um, they were in first grade when they it all... were in kindergarten oh my gosh yes so yeah. this is the really crucial age. Yeah. 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 So, um, so those needs are increasing, but even before the pandemic, I mean, the social emotional stuff was really starting to creep in, um, mm-hmm. to the classrooms. And, you know, if I were to, um, answer, you know, what should we be doing to improve education? Hands down, we need to invest in our teachers mm-hmm. <laughs> and get them the support and the professional development that they need and deserve in order to um, approach all of these students' needs mm-hmm. um, and take care of themselves in ways 
that isn't um sometimes we have like uh mandated self-care i hear i hear that a lot from yes the many teachers i talk to it's it's crazy um but to be given the space and the time to 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 do your job the way that you need to and then also be given the tools and the strategies and the professional development to really integrate the social emotional pieces Mm -hmm. um and not pile more stuff on, you know, a lot of schools are um, adding programs to their curriculum, which is not a bad thing. Um, But I think what really is missing is teachers need to understand what social emotional Mm -hmm. skills are, what they are, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what they should look like, and what's age appropriate for the students that are in front of them, and how to really integrate that into their teaching and their content areas and um, help their students through their content because that's um that's the most natural and um where we'll get the most hmm, i don't want to say it like this but bang for your buck right yeah where you're gonna get it so for sure more than just more content in like subject areas i think if you invest more in these types of professional development programs and really give teachers time i think that's like essential like if i could just talk to you know um school boards and superintendents <laughs> right across yeah. the country salary is the the first thing that really needs to be addressed <laughs> and like the second thing like with it is time because mm. if you pile on more like here the research says do this research says do this and then we're actually not adding any more time in your schedule to do it right. or when we do like a professional development it's like squeezed in to all the other meetings and all the other stuff you have to do. And we then think that all of a sudden you're going to be like inspired, you know, like to be like, (laughs) wow, great. I'm going to take this on and I'm going to make it the best it's going to be when I have all these other things I have to do. And no one gave me time to really do it. And like, if anyone listening in other industries want to think about (laughs) how you are an inspired person and how then you inspire other people. If you are working a nine hour day and maybe only have like a half hour lunch, if you're lucky, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's really hard to even go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and then you have free periods, but they can also be used for meetings, Mm -hmm. meetings with students, meetings with the administrators, meetings with other teachers, parents, whatever that is. And then you have a new initiative that wants to like (laughs) help kids, inspire kids, right? And you are just just drained at the end of the day. How are you actually able to be inspiring kids? Like, how can you actually be inspired yourself? Like inspiration comes from a place of having some time to really process and think and be like engaged with like a new initiative or idea and then be able to collaborate and talk to people and bounce ideas off each other mm-hmm. and have more of a free kind of space with that and then go for it you know so like I always say we need more time before school starts and paid time so yes (laughs) not adding more to your meeting time the opening days before school starts but if you have like we really know 
this is a dire concern with uh, students today. Like we really need to like work on social emotional learning and embed it in all of the classes. Mm -hmm. And we really want we really want to diversify curriculum and we really want to make sure all voices and perspectives are in your curriculum. We're going to give you this time with your department, right? Mm -hmm. Or if you want to do interdisciplinary with like the 11th grade teachers, the third grade teachers, whatever that is, and we're going to pay you. So this might be in mid-August or whenever. I know schools right. start at different times. We start usually go back at the end of August. So we're going to set a time for a week. Maybe it's only a few days for professional development. We really want to hit this initiative. It's really important to us. We mm -hmm. want buy-in. We're going to pay you. And we're going to pay mm -hmm. you well, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to pay you like what you would get paid teacher salary to <laughs> it do. It sounds so crazy. I but know. Like Anybody else in any other industry, if they were asked to do more and come in and do more, they'd be like, okay, so when am I getting paid for this? Right. Mm -hmm. Almost mm -hmm. like a contract, like deal, like, okay, when am I getting paid for this project that you're, you're putting in front of me? Right. And so ultimately I think we need to get paid how people get paid in other industries. You want to mm -hmm. do something that's extra or more, you need to get paid for it. Yeah. And I think teachers need to stop saying yes to everything. Yes. You know? Yes, and because like, we're not, yeah, yeah. I, I think that um, some people outside of education don't realize that we're not paid all year. We can choose right. to have our paychecks right. spread through the True. summer, but we are not paid during right. the summer. They think that's just like the set salary through the <laughs> right. whole summer. I'm like, no, that's a choice. Cause like I'm getting on my contract, I'm getting a salary. That's a 10 month salary. Cause yes. technically by the time you end with your closing days and opening days, it's 10, yeah. it's uh, two months that you're off. Mm -hmm. And we actually don't have that choice. We just do get paid throughout the summer, but I have been mm -hmm. at schools where you did have a choice, but yeah. you're getting paid for 10 months. You're not getting paid for 12 months. You're going to be for right. 10 months. And then you can decide how you want to, you know, spread it out. And that, you know, teachers get jobs sometimes in the summer too, but they also need, <laughs> you need those two months to continually like a restore, but also like a lot of professional development is offered in the summer. Investing in education is investing in just like paying people. Yeah. And if you want to put the profession up on the level of some other, you know, areas like lawyers, scientists, business people, you know, all of these other industries that get paid very well, then yeah, salary is part of it too. Because I've talked to, to a lot of people about respect is like how we are treating people, but money is part of it. We are in a capitalistic society, right? Mm -hmm. So the, yeah, you got to get yeah. paid for the extra stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I love what you said about ins be getting inspired Yeah, because that, I mean, that is my, my website, the inspired classroom, yes. right? And, and our, uh, the logo is you need to get inspired to be inspiring. And yes, and it's not okay. that you're getting inspired. You have to go out there and find what's going to inspire you. I think that yeah. is something that a lot of teachers um, want to do. Maybe they don't get the money to do it, but right. you know, it, it, there's two things. You know, schools need to invest in their teachers more, mm -hmm. and teachers need to get to a point where they're like, no, this is what's going to get me inspired. You want yeah. me to have yeah. a classroom of, you know, motivated and engaged students. This is what's, this is what's going to help me get there. Yeah. And so, you know, that's why I love providing what I call teacher centered professional development, where mm. it's really focused on the teacher, teaching the um, teacher um, 
strategies that, you know, make sense to them, giving them the opportunity to really try them out so that it becomes, you know, part of their experience. Yeah. And when they get those experiences, then they're just more apt to sure. use it in the classroom. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the whole inspiring thing, because that's yes. really, really something that a lot of teachers need to kind of um, remember. Remember, so because you go can... into it that with that initiative, like <laughs> exactly. you go in going, I am inspired to mentor young people. And there's an energy there. Like I yes. just interviewed a second year teacher um, recently and she, I could just, even though she went through the pandemic as her first job, <laughs> she was inspired and she knows that she wants to make a difference mm -hmm. and to keep that energy going for someone who's going to continue to be in this profession, you need to offer those professional development experiences and say, we're going to give you the time. We're going to invest in you. We're going to give you, you know, we'll pay you for the time that you build like a program you want to bring to the school. We are really excited about this. If you're really excited about it, we're going to do it because ultimately in this climate, if you're like, we really are excited about this and we want you to do it, but we don't have <laughs> any time or money for you. Then people are like, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, you know, unless you're forcing cool, me man. to do it, you know, yeah, but exactly. teachers are still people who want to be inspired and want to try new things. They do. Mm -hmm. They just yes. are at this point in this juncture, they want to make sure they're getting the respect they, they deserve by giving the time and money to do these things. And mm -hmm. so ultimately it all needs to come together. And then if we do that, the way that they invest in teachers in some other countries and other places, you're going to get quality teachers. And I'm not saying there is like just bad teachers everywhere, but if you don't invest in people, you don't pay them well, you're not giving them great professional development they're excited about with the time to do it properly, you're going to get kind of like burnt out, jaded people yes. doing their job. And yeah. all they're thinking about is I need to just get through the day to then go take care of my family. And like, maybe I'm just making ends meet and then I got to go to another job. So mm -hmm. I really can like support my family. Mm -hmm. And then you have a bunch of uninspired adults. How are <laughs> they supposed to inspire children? So, right. you know, like, again, like school boards, superintendents, local state governments, even the federal government, you know, eventually we need to have them start investing um, in the educational program because- mm -hmm. I was just reading somewhere in the New York Times, there was like an opinion essay out about the salaries have literally been like, just like flatlined, flatlined yeah. for like 20 years. Yeah, I know there's so many other things to pay for, but I would love to just see one election cycle. <laughs> Give me one election cycle that we are going to talk about education and funding it just like we talk <laughs> about so many other things because <laughs> it doesn't get talked about. I know it doesn't, it does get kind of skimmed over quite a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the work that you're doing is fabulous and it's exactly what we need oh, in schools. You. And yeah, we need to invest in that too. Yeah. 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 Make, make our teachers happy with some good quality professional development. You'll get some happy kids on the other side. I mean, I like really, <laughs> when I get like a really good professional development opportunity, I'm excited about it. Like yes. I will put in the time and if I'm given the time properly and it's an investment like I do get excited about it the arts and the creative process will certainly help with yes. that <laughs> yeah I love that yeah 
Um, is there anything else that you would like to share just what you do, your work that you're doing or things that, you know, ideas that you have for yourself for the future before we end here? Sure. So uh, yeah, I, I really have been um, focusing a lot outside of the classroom, focusing a lot on SEAL and getting um, teachers into the SEAL courses that I have because they are so beneficial to so many teachers. Mm -hmm. We talk about um, we talk about mindset. Uh, we talk about um, strategies that are integrated and embedded into their classroom. And of course, we also talk about all the wonderful connections between the arts and all the competencies that go with mm -hmm. social emotional development. Mm -hmm. And um, it just really equips teachers and it's teacher centered, of course. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. you, the teachers are going through and and trying all these things out for themselves. So it's kind of like this um, layer of their own creative self-care mm -hmm, <laughs> through the mm -hmm. courses, which I absolutely uh, love hearing feedback from other teachers about. And then they're, then they're doing it with their students and um, just getting to build those connections, um, build those safe learning communities that they really want in their classrooms and really helping their kids. Yeah. Um, and and <clears throat> bonus, they're teaching their content. Yeah. <laughs> because their the kids are time. coming in yeah. to the right, um, the right kind of environment that that the teachers are really providing for themselves. Yeah. So yeah. So um I invite uh any of your listeners to check it out. Um, so I'm at the inspired classroom for my website. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the inspired classroom. Okay. And if you want to jump, jump to all the good seal stuff, social, emotional, artistic learning, you can get there, there. And also at teachseal.com. I've got free resources there. I get a nice free workshop to kind of oh, wow. get the three secrets to integrating the arts mm -hmm. with SEL to get people kind of getting thinking in the right direction. If it's something that they're interested in and, um, yeah. So those are some of the things that I have to offer uh, other teachers. And I just absolutely love, love doing it. <laughs> oh, I could, I could, I just sense that energy yeah. <laughs> from you. And thank you so much. I'm going to put your websites and information in the show notes. I really enjoyed talking with you today, Elizabeth, and the oh, work that you're Jackie. doing. And you've been in this industry for so long yeah. and you're still <laughs> full-time teaching and yeah. doing this work and mm -hmm. these workshops in PD for teachers. It's you're an inspiration you oh, know, you. to me and I'm sure for other teachers that are listening. And so thank you so much. Oh, you're so sweet. Thanks, Jackie. It was great talking to you. <laughs> well, have a great day. Bye. Yes. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Teacher's Story. If you like this story, please subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow this podcast on YouTube and subscribe and leave a comment. All reviews help this podcast keep going and elevating teacher voices. Mm -hmm.